Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Much like Liv Morgan's new music, we're coming in with a banger, ladies and gentlemen. Did you like the updated music for Liv Morgan, SP3? Uh, I felt like I was at an old techno club uh, with the little remix that they did to her song. I, I wasn't a fan. It, it was It's the babyface version. I'm good. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's, the, it's the babyface version that's supposed to get you pumped up, fired up, happy that she's there, you know? Instead of that, just that slow, melodic beat. Maybe they should just give her our music. I like our music. That's why I'm letting this play out for. They should get you, get you to make them, make them a Liv Morgan track. Off of oh, this. I didn't make this. No, the fine folks here, I believe, have a library, and I combed it for hours and found this banger nice. right here. It's a lot better than a lot of them. I'll say this much about Liv Morgan's music. I did like it, mainly because I'm a closet techno guy. Like, I love Daft Punk. All right. So, I mean, I'm there, so I kind of dig it. Um, it all depends, though. Like, Dew Drops old theme that that sucked like that not my kind of thing but yeah. this one from live I, I think it does work yeah does work. I, I wasn't feeling it i wasn't <laughs> with it well we will talk about Liv morgan on today's episode of the believe in pro wrestling podcast as she has a shot at another shot at becky lynch could possibly get morgan v lynch three at the Royal Rumble. We do know who Brock Lesnar is going to be fighting at the Royal Rumble. I could not be more hyped uh, for this. If you listen to our, our day one recap, we talked about this being a, a real viable possibility now, and it is going to happen. It is going to be Brock Lesnar. It is going to be Bobby Lashley. Holy I can't say what I want to say because it's a PG show, but dang it, man, get hyped uh, for that one. We did have uh, two title matches tonight. Did not get two title changes. Uh, Damian Priest over uh, over Dolph Ziggler was a, a fun little matchup there. Um, I, I'm kind of still on the fence about the, the literal split personality, Damian and Priest and this, that, and the other thing. I don't know why they felt compelled to to change his character up because it really was working um i feel like he's he's less over now than he was like three months ago i i agree with you and i don't know if that's a slow supposed to be part of this slow heel turn but he's he's become very formulaic now at least the the character and how his matches goes somebody's gonna do something shady we're gonna get the big ass eyes and then he's going to beat the shit out of people and you know, I, I shit's a PG word now, right? In this this day and age, I don't have to put. <laughs> Anywho, um, but I'm happy to, regardless of how the character shift is is changing or how it's going to evolve evolve over the next few months, I'm still a big Damian Priest guy. I love how strong he has been booked. He has been an excellent United States champion, and he should be the United States champion until they're ready to put him into the WWE title picture, which should happen at some point in 2022. We will talk about the women's tag team matchup uh, coming up here uh, a little bit later on. Uh, a very quick matchup, one that Carmella did not even get into tonight. I have my issues with that match, and we will talk about it uh, coming up here when we get into the five count. But overall tonight, SB3, other than a couple of uh, segments that were like, all right, time to go you know, hit the bathroom, I thought this was a pretty damn good start for Monday Night Raw in 2022. Yeah. It was an improvement on where we were last week. Uh, I think that this show had a focus and it was bookended by, you know, the WWE championship picture with starting off the show with, you know, Heyman, which brought a bunch of energy to the show is kicking off with, with him. Cause that was a surprise to a lot of people, you know, his, his just chemistry with Brock Lesnar is unmatched. And, you know, the fans in South Carolina, you know, booed Paul Heyman when the lights came on and he was, he was uh, in the ring, but by the end of this promo, they were cheering him. So this tells me, that this Brock Heyman combo can be an effective babyface act. And uh, that's what we learned. And then the main event was 
was awesome. That was just unbelievable fun. Uh, it was longer than the match that we got at day one, but it had yeah. a similar frenetic uh, pace to it. And then, you know, the brawl, you know, into the crowd and then into the concession stand, that was fun to see. So, yeah, I would say that this was a much better episode of Raw. I have my nitpicks. Like, honestly, I, my, my, I, this is one of those instances. I say this a lot when we review SmackDown together. It's one of those instances where, I, at one point of this show, I had to tell myself, I'm doing this podcast after, so <laughs> let me not fall asleep. The Miz, Maurice, Beth, Edge segment, that was boring. The, the Miz, Maurice part. When Edge and Beth came out, I was up and I was into it a little bit more. But the Miz, Maurice part, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm so over this Miz act. Like, he's been, I've realized like he's been the same character for 10 years now. Like, I there's there's been no evolution the only change in the past decade is when he has Maurice and when he doesn't have Maurice and the Mr. Raj. That's the only changes that we have done to Miz's character. And I just I just get very bored when it's not an interesting feud to begin with. And he's just talking and doing this diatribe where I feel like he's just doing a monologue. I don't feel like he is he is cutting a promo to get me invested in what I'm watching. He's cutting a promo because he's been given the promo to say. Yeah, uh, it, tonight it felt very much like somebody told the Miz to go out there and fill time and play the hits and just keep talking uh, until we cue you to mention Beth Phoenix. And then we're going to play her music and then we're going to go out and set up this matchup um, again. This is if if Beth and Edge were going to get a match together, which, again, very happy that they're going to get to wrestle as a yeah. team. I think that's a really, really cool thing. Not a knock on Miz and Maurice, but I, I'm I'm not invested in these two teams. And nothing that Miz or Maurice said tonight is getting me invested in these two teams fighting. If this was going to be a match that was going to happen sooner rather than later, they didn't even save this for WrestleMania. Like, no. Edge and Beth, I don't know what Edge's plans are going to be at WrestleMania, but Edge and Beth, them finally teaming up, that's, that's a, a Mania-worthy match as long as the opponents are there. Becky and Seth were the obvious choice for this for a lot of reasons, and they could have done it. Oh, I don't know when Seth busted into their house. Like that's the catalyst. That's the point right there. Now, all of a sudden, Beth, the missing piece has beef with Seth. That would have been the match that would have, I would have been very, very invested in. And I still hope down the line, we get that eventually when it makes sense, you can't kind of shoehorn it now, but We'll see. You know, again, it's I mean, just... Beth, uh, I hate to tell you this, but Beth and Edge are not getting younger. They're not getting that saying that that's going to happen down the line. And the other two people have affirmatively said on multiple interviews, they don't want to be paired up on television. I don't think you're going to get that mixed tag team match. I'm I sorry. Can... I'm sorry. I have to put the vent out. I can hope. <laughs> I can hope. Dude, I live on hope. I'm a Cincinnati sports guy. Hope is all we have. Well, now we have some, you know, maybe, maybe something is finally coming along with Joe Burrow. But anyway, you know, all I do is live off of hope. Uh, so hopefully we get that match down the line sometime in 2022. Because last time I checked, Edge still has, what, two more years on his contract? Yeah. And he's still performing at a high level. So, you know, this, as long as they don't, you know running them into the ground. That said, there's a lot of other matches that I really want to see edge in before I want to see that mixed tag team match. They, they have this tendency of putting edge in these feuds and then it, it, it lasting several months. And now I'm starting to yeah. worry that these matches against Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa and all these dream matches that wrestling nerds like us have, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to get to those. And that that's my concern right now with, uh, with edges run as well as uh, he has performing. You brought up Paul Heyman though, and I'm I'm glad you did because one thing is is for sure, they did their damnedest tonight to make their last minute change at day 1 make sense tonight. And I really really appreciated that. Them inserting Paul Heyman at the open of the show as the the mystery man behind the curtain who pulled all the strings and got Brock Lesnar into that match and now Heyman Failed relationship didn't work. He's running back to his ex. Like, please take me back. I'm so sorry. I never should have left you in the first place. It it all makes a, a lot of sense. I was happy that they still let Brock talk because babyface Brock on the microphone is the best part about babyface Brock. 
and he was brilliant in his performance tonight. Even when he flubbed uh, his line, he still made up for it spectacularly. And then we get that that little bit at the end tonight after Lashley had won where Mike or Patrick or and they keep changing his damn name. I keep I don't know what it is anymore. But dude, bro, in the back <laughs> asks Brock for a comment. And he's like, oh, OK, yeah. Tell Roman I'll see him on uh, on Friday, which is <laughs> really interesting development there. One. That basically they announced that Roman Reigns is going to be back on Friday. So they must feel that he's going to test negative for COVID-19 before SmackDown on Friday, which is a really, really strong development. And two means we're getting Brock on two shows. I mean, Brock is putting on his working boots. Uh, He, this, this isn't heel Brock where I win a title and I go away for six months. This is Brock. I'm here to work. I'm going to be on both shows. Let's have at it. Does that mean he drops the title at the Royal Rumble? I don't think so. I think Brock is going to be WWE champion heading into WrestleMania. Uh, now, what that means for Big E, I don't know, but I have an idea, and we will get to that. But I want to start with the, the biggest news that came out as we get into the five count here, and we are going to go with number one. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley is happening one-on-one for the WWE championship at the Royal Rumble. Thank God this match is happening. I am so damn excited for Bobby Lashley, who has been literally begging for this match for yes. over a decade now. I'll ask the question to you first, though. Did WWE make up for taking the title off of Big E by finally giving us this match in any way, shape, or form? Did they did they do a make good here? That's what we call that in the radio business, where we screw something up, we got to make it up to you. Did they make good by giving us this match? Uh, the promo by Heyman putting over Big E definitely helps him. Definitely helps him a lot. It makes him look better coming out of Sunday. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar is a matchup that I've wanted to see for well over a decade myself. The way they treated Big E and the way he lost uh, the Fatal Five Way at day one. No, until he, until he, until we feel confident that Big E is in a good place for the company. He looked good during tonight's Fatal 4-Way, but nothing told me that we should be confident that Big E is in a good spot in the company right now. So I can't say they made up for it. In their mind, they probably did because they're giving the fans what they want to negate something that they didn't want to happen. So I get in their mind, they probably think they did, but I don't think they have until Big E is in a better position. There were subtle things and not so subtle things that kind of gave me hope that Big E is still within a standing and, and WWE realizes that they got some they got some blowback for taking the title off of Big E, especially the way that they did um, with Brock once again being the guy that pinned a New Day member to take the championship off of him. I don't think he's done in the title picture. And even losing tonight, like you said, Big E wasn't the one who got pinned tonight. That, yeah. that was Kevin Owens who ate the pin. They should have done the damn thing at day one. Yes. The pin Big E in the first place at day one. Um, so there were some things that made me feel like Big E's not done yet. And it started with Paul Heyman at the top of the show, putting over Big E in a big way. And everything that Paul Heyman said was 100% accurate in a much better way than, than we could articulate ourselves on our day one recap. Paul Heyman basically laid it out the exact same way that we did. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic advocate for the company. Uh, went everywhere, did everything. Uh, this, this guy was a, a, the perfect ambassador for WWE and was everywhere as a WWE champion, did a fantastic job, both inside and outside of the ring. Just his booking wasn't there. That was the yeah. only thing that kept Big E's WWE championship run from being a 100% success was WWE's own creative flaws. Yeah. That and the fact that Survivor Series is is what it is, and it has to be champion versus champion, and they didn't give him an opportunity to really defend the title on that pay-per-view. So Paul Heyman saying what he said helps. Big E's promo tonight was fantastic. They didn't just gloss over uh, like they did with, with, with yeah. Kofi. They let him speak. Very powerful promo. You could you could feel it. Just the opening line out of his mouth saying, "Being WWE champion 
meant something to me and it meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. WWE, that, that language tells me that WWE is aware that taking off the title is a problem. That said, uh, that I don't know. Said, I'm not one of these guys that's going to sit here and go, I'll let it play out because we know how that goes more often than not. I am very, very excited that we are going to get Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Do I think it's a, a full-on make good? No. But I think this is the best that WWE could give us under the circumstances because I didn't want Big E to get his rematch at the Royal Rumble because nah. Bobby Lashley ain't winning this match. There's nah. not a chance in hell that Bobby Lashley is going to win this match. And that is fine. That is okay because the journey to get to this match and the match itself is going to be so fantastic. I don't care that Brock Lesnar is going to win this match going away. Put this match in a cage, as somebody suggested to me on Twitter. Or you know what? I'll one-up you. Put this damn match in the fight pit. Give me Lashley and Lesnar in the fight pit. And I will just watch this match with my pants off. I will be that damn excited to see it. <laughs> I said that just so I could see your reaction for those. I hope this episode is <laughs> up on YouTube. We're still trying to set up our YouTube channel. <laughs> I swear to God, I wish, I hope you could have seen the reaction from uh, SP3 there. Your response, sir. I mean, why can't we just be happy we're getting the match? Like, why does it have to be in a steel cage? The fight fit. Just be happy we're getting the damn match. It took Bobby Lashley. He's been back with the company for three years now. And it took him. Yes, it took him that long to get this match. Let's just be happy we're getting the match instead of putting any type of other stipulations (laughs) on it. I think that this is going to be a great way to promote the Royal Rumble and get people interested. And I like the fact that this show had an eye on the Royal Rumble and building towards it. Yeah, we did have several superstars uh, on top of the one celebrity who has already declared um, what the Street Profits are in, the Mysterios are in, and uh, Vince McMahon put Austin Theory in as their little whatever the hell they're doing. Robbie Uh, Robbie Kane and John Kreese. That's Robbie Kane and John Kreese from Cobra Kai. That's the WWE equivalent. I stopped watching after season two. I'm way behind. Disappointed on, in you. I'm I'm way behind. I heard Elizabeth Shue was in season three, so I'm kind of pumped to go back and, and watch that. But I just don't have the time, SP3. There's so many TV shows. There was once, I, I'm getting way off track here, but there was once a time in my life, right, where I said, look, I have two shows. That's it. I have two shows. I'm dedicated to those two shows. And that was all the way back in the late 90s and early 2000s when it was House and that 70s show. And those were my two shows. I was committed to Fox. You know they're coming out with That's a 90s show, right? I d- uh, yes, I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that, it's, that Eric and Donna aren't actually going to be in it. But we get to see Red and Kitty again. Hey, exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. Red and Kitty was always better than Eric and Donna. I'm fine. You're not wrong. I'm fine with it. You're not wrong. I'm a big Kurtwood Smith fan. Um, but, man, there's just so many TV channels and so many TV options. And now I have, like, 30 damn shows. And there are so many of them now that I have not finished or I just haven't gotten the time to go back and watch. And Cobra Kai, unfortunately, has fallen to that list. It just has. I, I've seen people tweeting about it. and They're going nuts. But ever since Disney Plus launched and all the MCU shows have come out, and you have to watch those now to stay up to date. Man, they, come out one, they come out one a week, man. That's uh-huh. no excuse. I know. Netflix, I finished Cobra Kai in one day. I finished the whole season you four have, in one day. You have twin one-year-olds. How did you have time to do that? Because I give, I give my twin one-year-olds the phone. They can watch whatever they want to watch on my phone while I watch Cobra Kai. Duh. Like, what? Huh? Uh, <laughs> my, my, my phone's basically glued to my damn hand. Uh, <laughs> so I can't do that. Although, Sarah's phone is always free. Now you're thinking. Now, now I'm thinking. thinking. Just get him a Kindle or something like that. Anywho, or what's an iPad or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure that out. All right, so we're getting Brock. We're getting Bobby, regardless of what it is. That's a really damn good thing, and I'm pumped to see it. 
Uh, and I think a lot of people will be pumped to see it. Could be an early, honestly, an early match of the year candidate because these two are going to beat the holy hell uh, out of one another. It's going to be a great sprint. I don't expect this match to go long. I think five minutes max. And that's why I think doing kind of like a UFC MMA shoot style fight between these two would be great. It wouldn't. I, you don't think so? No, because I saw Brock versus Kane Velasquez. I'm sorry, Bobby. What Bobby Lashley does well is he does wrestling very well, and he does MMA when it's real very well. But asking him to do scripted or, or fake MMA, I'm sorry, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. So let's. That's what I said. Okay, maybe a shoot style finish then, something like where Brock I, beat Randy. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he he bloodied the crap out of that. Yeah, but that wasn't an entertaining match. <laughs> That wasn't like like I said shoot that, style finish. Shoot style finish. But you're saying that like that was a good finish. It wasn't. It wasn't. It caused it caused the whole fight backstage. <laughs> like, come on. Seriously? I'm just throwing out stuff and seeing if it sticks. SP3. That's just what I do. Uh I think we we're both in agreement here that though this this isn't a full make good for what they did to to Big E because like I said, everything that Paul Heyman said was 100 percent accurate doesn't change the fact that Big E should still be the WWE champion. So that moves us to number two. How can WWE make it up to Big E for changing course and taking the title off of him? Sean Ross at Fightful.com reported heading into the day on Saturday, Big E was still slated to retain his WWE championship. So until Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID-19, Big E was walking out the WWE champion. The second they inserted Brock Lesnar into that match, that changed. So they decided to go in another direction the second that they inserted Brock Lesnar into that match. How can they now make this up uh, to Big E? Um, he has to have a prominent role going into WrestleMania season. Like He needs to be in there with another upper card uh, or main eventer. And that's that's gonna be the the first step for him. I think that he's gonna be you know in the Royal Rumble and he'll have a, a I don't know what they're gonna do with the Royal Rumble. He could be a good candidate to win the Royal Rumble. I know there's some people that think that might be a little too greedy because he won the Money in the Bank, but it there is precedent for this. Like I I know uh, Alberto Del Rio back in the day won the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank in the same year. So Big E is someone much better than that person. So I think that. That he would be an ideal person to if you're gonna if you're gonna have someone do that i think big e would be a good choice and like i said you could create uh you know separate matchups for day one and day two of wrestlemania i think day two of wrestlemania is going to end with brock versus roman champion versus champion but like i said on our first show that the day one you can have big e the royal rumble winner versus either brock or roman and then have the winner of the elimination chamber versus the other champion there's several different ways they can go at it but as far as like either at at wrestlemania i think big e needs to be in there with the upper card main event type player and then after wrestlemania he needs to get back into the wwe title picture i'll go one step further uh, he should win back the WWE championship at WrestleMania because I, I said this on our first show heading into WrestleMania season. WWE loves to stick with the tried and trues. Roman Reigns is your universal champion. Brock Lesnar is your WWE champion. Charlotte Flair is your SmackDown women's champion. And Becky Lynch is your raw women's champion. The biggest stars that you have are your top four champions right now, respectively. And all, all, at both divisions yeah. those are your four biggest stars those are your four pillars of wwe they are all your world heavyweight champions you have an opportunity at wrestlemania to make a new one to make a new main event level star to make somebody to put somebody over in a big way so i'm going and replaying what you did in 2019 with becky lynch but I'm doing it with Big E. You are, it is so apparent that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are going to be in the same match with one another at WrestleMania. Everybody's saying title for title. For me, that creates a big problem because you do have the Royal Rumble winner. Simple solution. Big E wins the Royal Rumble. You make it a triple threat at WrestleMania. Big E, Roman Reigns, 
Brock Lesnar, winner takes all, and Big E pins Roman Reigns and walks out with both straps. That's how you make it up to Big E. That is exactly how I would book it. Hands down. That's how I would book it. That is the only way you make it up to Big E. You make that man on the grandest stage of the all of them all and by the way that would be his first win ever at wrestlemania he's oh and seven oh and eight whatever the hell it is never even won with the new day at wrestlemania which is ridiculous by the way i was the one person who informed him of that stat and i feel terrible still to this day that i'm the one that had to inform him that he hadn't won a match at wrestlemania wait thanks for that thanks for that Rick. i i did follow up by you know mentioned the fact that he got to eliminate somebody in the Royal Rumble last year. So that was a first uh, for him. So that, you know, that, that, that boosted his confidence uh, right back. I don't think Big E likes me very much, but you know, uh, it, you're, uh, he, he, he loves Alex McCarthy. I don't know if he, he I know, him. I know that. Yes. Yes. He definitely gave Alex McCarthy his flowers. That's, uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, I just think that you are thinking not realistically with what WWE does. I understand. Oh, this is no, your... no, no, no. I, I, I trust me. I know you got your Vince hat on and what you think is going to happen. The question is, how can WWE make it up to him? I didn't say that that's what they were going to do, but that's to me, that's the make good. Like I said, we can, we can hope and have our fingers crossed for Big E to re-enter the WWE title picture after WrestleMania. I, I would be very surprised if he was involved in the WWE title picture at WrestleMania. After so, I can see it going down, like I said, he just has to be in a match with an important player. It could be somebody on SmackDown. It could be somebody on Raw. If he's in there with a, if it's an important match that he's in at WrestleMania, you're giving it, you're keeping up his momentum. So after WrestleMania, he can be reinserted into the title picture. Not a bad. I mean, okay, I I understand your your thought process on it. Then I don't know what you do with the Royal Rumble winner. I, I, I just don't unless Brock loses the belt to Lashley and then wins the Royal Rumble later on in the night. No, Brock ain't wrestling two matches in one show. You, like I said, I, all I, he has I, to do I, is I, enter I, 30 I, and eliminate Sami Zayn. I literally have told you on this now multiple times. Big, uh, someone wins the Royal Rumble. Someone wins the elimination chamber. One of those guys versus Roman. One of those guys versus Brock on day one. And then day two is champion versus champion. That's what we're gonna get. I think I I I I know we're early in the WrestleMania process, but nine times out of ten by January, you have a clue on what is going to be the main event of WrestleMania, unless Daniel Bryan just decides he wants to be in it. So it's just like you you know what you're gonna see. We don't have Daniel Bryan in this company anymore, so no, it's going to be Brock versus Roman. The only other person that I was hopeful would win the Royal Rumble before all of this went down was AJ Styles. <laughs> uh, after what we saw tonight, uh, I, I not the man doesn't even enter as an option to me, but we will get there. Believe me. We will get there, uh, what we saw between Omas and AJ Styles on Monday Night Raw. But we're going to move on to number three now. We're going to switch things up to the women's division. Uh, Becky Lynch, the uh, Vincent Van Goat of WWE. <laughs> I love a good pun. I thought I thought her promo tonight was brilliant. Um, surprise, surprise. I like something that Becky Lynch did. But Becky Lynch comes out throwing some some smack across all of South Carolina about how they're going to fail on all of their uh, their New Year's resolutions and the same for every woman in the back. Nobody's going to take that title off of her until she's going to retire. Boom, here comes Liv Morgan. Here comes Bianca Belair. We get a we get a, a, a scuffle. Becky Lynch stands tall by giving a manhandle slam to Bianca Belair and all of this, and it, it, it seems like we're heading towards a, a triple threat of some kind until Dewdrop later on in the night inexplicably starts complaining about never getting an opportunity even though she hasn't won a match since Eva Marie was with the damn company and again let let, let me let me put a disclaimer here when i crap on somebody i'm crapping on the booking right i'm not i'm not crapping on the individual i am a huge fan of piper niven let me say that again huge fan of piper niven 
But Dewdrop, outside of squashing even Marie a couple of times, has not done anything on the roster to earn a title shot. She has lost three consecutive matches to Bianca Belair. So her going to Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce and demanding an opportunity doesn't make any damn sense because she hasn't even come close to earning one. Then again, Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair haven't really earned one either. But here we are. The, the, the powers that be give in. They say we're going to do a triple threat next week on Raw. Do drop Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. The winner gets Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. So, number three, SP3. Who should challenge Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship at the Royal Rumble? I think that it's going to be either Bianca Belair or a triple threat with Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. I think that there is a reason why they teased that during the show. I can see Liv and Bianca getting a double pin on Dewdrop to set up them in a triple threat. But I can also see Bianca Belair just getting the one-on-one opportunity here. And I disagree with you. I did not think this promo was good. Like I think that Bianca Belair was good during it. I like the brawl afterwards, but I literally watched Captain America, the first Avenger today. Becky Lynch's promo was like Red Skull explaining his plan uh, before he revealed that he had the Red Skull. Like, I'm like, get to the point. Like, get to the point. Like, she's getting no reaction. She literally has to say the the South Carolina line to to get in one in one sentence in one sentence. Just put down Hugo Weaving and Becky Lynch. Get to the point, yo. Damn dare you. Dude, dude. I was like, I was like homie from half baked on that Chappelle show segment when he's in court. I'm like, wrap this, wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. Like, come on, Becky. Like, all right. Like, oh, you're 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 not gonna get that that 15 pounds. No reaction. You're not gonna, you're not gonna do that. No reaction. You're all the yell are not gonna get out of South Carolina. Finally, she gets a reaction. It's just like, yo, like. I do not need an expert, especially at, like on the same show as that Miz promo. I don't need a 15 minute expedition. I don't, I don't, I ra- I had rather Liv Morgan come out a lot sooner and don't get me started on Liv Morgan. I, I feel like she's gotten really better in the ring. She's gotten really better just presentation wise, but my God, does she have to work on her promos because she literally sounds like Marissa Cooper from the OC. Every time she talks is just complaining or I almost beat you. I came this close. Yo, almost is for, you know, I, 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 no one cares about almost in professional wrestling. Like, get out of here. How, how do you sound like this is a baby face? I'm supposed to cheer this person. And Bianca Belair came off a little heelish than she usually she does. does. That's cockiness. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, it was the it was the look of those glasses, the way she was walking, the kind of sass that she had in her voice. She came off more heel than she usually does here, but she still came off the best because I don't need 15-minute monologues, and I don't need someone telling me they almost won. Liv Morgan, I, I understand what you're saying. But it's not like she's given anything that's worth a damn either. Like they, what, what, whoever's writing for her is not doing her any favors whatsoever. I mean, it's just, it, it's just generic. I, I would expect that kind of stuff, like for Nikki's character. Yeah. You know, never give up, keep trying until it, it's just. Generic rip and read. I was this close. I I bust my butt and I've only promised I'd give it my all and I came up short. It's just generic cookie cutter stuff. So I understand what you're saying, but I I don't I don't put a whole lot of that on Lib Morgan because she's not getting a whole lot to work with. Um, Neither was Tony Storm, to be honest, but Tony Storm made the most out of the words that that she was given. So I, I understand what you're saying. I wish they would just let like most people in the locker room. Just let live be live. Uh, For me, for me, I think the clear cut answer here is Dewdrop. I think Dewdrop needs to win this match. We need to see something different. We need to see something fresh. Because there's one thing that the Dewdrop said that was true tonight. It's been Bianca, Bianca, Bianca. Now it's been live and it's been live. 
And I think people are ready to see a fresh challenger. Even though Dewdrop hasn't done anything, at least she wasn't given the opportunity. If she pins Bianca Belair next week, okay. Now, you at least want a number one contenders match. That's something. You, you've now earned an opportunity. I want to see what a Becky Lynch Dewdrop match looks like. As great as they have been, I know what Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair looks like. And I still think that's the match at Mania. I know you have... You you have let that ship sail. That that is we're not getting the payoff for that. I still think that's the play. Until I see Bailey show up and win the Royal Rumble, I still think that's the play. That's the match that makes the most sense to me. Dude, even if Bailey don't show up, Alexa Bliss is gonna get the shot. It's not gonna be Bianca. Like I I I am sorry. I am a I'm probably a bigger Bianca Belair fan than the people that are here with me. They have they have literally shown us nothing that should make you think that Bianca but it's literally you're 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 holding on to hope and I get it I get it you say you're a Cincinnati fan you're gonna hold on to that hope as long as possible but I like to take the evidence and the information that WWE gives us and come up with a logical answer to what we're gonna get and nothing they have shown us especially tonight Bianca Belair ain't getting shot at WrestleMania feel like I want to make a bet here, but it's WWE and I don't, I don't trust them. My, my gut feeling here is it's still going to be Bianca, whether she goes back to back and wins the Royal rumble again. I mean, that's, that's an easy way to, to get back into the title shot, but I think they're going to f- keep finding a way to keep because Bianca coming in there and saying that she wants another shot at Becky. That's fine but they can still find ways to keep her from the title. It's WrestleMania. It's all about the baby face and the chase. Mm-hmm. So they could, they could play if They play it smart. You have people who could come in and fill the gaps. And, and Becky can sit here and say, Oh, well I've run down and I've beaten, I've beaten Bianca Belair and I've beaten Liv Morgan. And now I've beaten do drop. And now I've beaten a returning Oscar and I've beaten Alexa bliss or whomever they decide to fill that time with because WrestleMania ain't till April. We still got three months of time to fill. We got two other pay-per-views in between that you can fill this time out with. So they can do that and keep stretching it out until finally Bianca Belair gets an opportunity at WrestleMania and then finally shuts Becky up and gets that payback from SummerSlam. Cause I still, that's the only way that is going to make the booking at SummerSlam make any kind of sense and have any kind of payoff. And I still think it's coming at WrestleMania. But as far as I mean, Rumble, I mean, they could they could have not had Big E lose the WWE title. But we're not here to talk about what they could have done. We are here to talk about what we think they are going to do. And you you literally have made your whole argument about what you want them to do, and not the information that they have given us. They have literally they have they did not have this whole thing planned with Becky Lynch beating Bianca Belair. Yes, that is the way to make up for what happened at SummerSlam. But if that's not even the plan, what makes you think that they have thought out of the way to fix that? I think, I, I you're, think, I you're think, acting like it's not the plan. I still think it is the plan. It's not the plan. It's not. It's not the plan. Like that was never their plan. They, I'm saving this tape. I'm oh saving this tape because when Bianca Belair wins the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, well, we're on 38 now. When she wins the Women's Championship at WrestleMania 38, I'm gonna play back that tape. I'm gonna play it back. And it's gonna be glorious. I'm gonna be in there in Dallas. I'm gonna watch her win back to back at WrestleMania because I do believe that is still the plan when it comes to the Royal rumble. Yeah. I, I, whoever this challenger is, they're going to lose anyway. They're going to lose anyway. So let me see what do drop has. Let me see what do drop can do in a match with Becky Lynch Piper Niven. Excuse me. I'm hoping that they give her her damn name back at some point. Now that she's a heel. I mean, but, you have two characters that they shouldn't have turned heel going against each other. I guess that's going to be entertaining. I mean, I, I don't. That's not going to be an entertaining feud, a lead up. They may, they may be able to mesh very well and have some chemistry in the ring, but that's definitely not going to be entertaining on the road to the Royal Rumble. So that's why I'm. I just don't think Dewdrop's going to be the answer. If it ain't Dewdrop, it's going to be Lib, it's going to be Lib Morgan again. 
I don't think it's gonna be Liv. I think. Why do you? Why do I keep? Why you keep trying to deny Bianca? Because there is there is evidence that they had plans to continue that feud because you saw it at day one after Becky hit the manhandle slam. She was supposed to put her foot on the damn rope. She was supposed to cheat again to win that damn match. Okay. The main reason you're saying that it's it, it's either live or do drop is because you want Bianca at WrestleMania like that. Don't don't try to don't try to uh, put lipstick on a pig and tell me it's a female. Like, come on, man. Like, come on, man. Hey, a pig can still be a female. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> not all pigs are male. This is not, not how that works. A human, a human female. <laughs> Excuse me. I still think it's going to be Dewdrop that uh, that wins this matchup. Uh, we did see a women's tag team title defense, sort of, uh, tonight. And a matter of fact, it was the only women's match on the entire damn card tonight. So a three-hour show, and we got all of three minutes of wrestling. I think the actual brawl uh, between Liv and Bianca and Becky lasted longer then this match, we had Queen Zelina and Carmella defending their tag team championships against Super Brutality, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki A.S.H. Rhea started the match. She tags in Nikki. Zelina ends up beating her with a roll-up about three minutes in. Carmella never even tagged. The most we saw Car- Carmella do tonight was put on uh, her uh, Man in the Iron Mask. Mask. Her Destro mask. It was black. At least she's accessorizing, right? Like, at least, like, it matches uh, every yeah. time and she's got different ones i still it ain't working for the whole mask gimmick still ain't, ain't working for me but whatever it's the least important thing of what happened here tonight is that they continue to just dog nikki ash both on commentary and in the ring yeah. and it's like they are doing their best to make you forget if it wasn't for byron saxton on commentary reminding you that this woman was the raw women's champion heading into SummerSlam. It's almost like they're trying to make you forget that she was ever money in the bank winner and raw women's champion. And they're, they're, they're doing this to try and get her over, which is mind bogglingly dumb to me. They, she is losing and losing fast. As just, just months ago, this woman was having, was, on a stretch of some of the best in-ring work that she has ever done. She was going toe-to-toe with Charlotte Flair in the ring, putting on good matches, main eventing Monday Night Raw. She was the freaking Raw Women's Champion. And for the last several months, she has been losing two minutes in, whether it be Carmella, Zelina, or anybody else on that damn roster. Meanwhile, Corey Graves, I'm not going after the man, I'm going after the character, just craps on her incessantly like she's some kind of of anchor that is weighing down Rhea Ripley and the only reason why that's factual is because they're booking it that way it is beyond maddening what they are doing with with two talented women and Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. which is nothing and it's beyond maddening what that women's tag team division has become but somebody posed the question to me with what they are doing with Nikki and Rhea right now we move to number four. Is it time to split Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley up? I'll allow you to start, sir. Yeah. Like, <laughs> obviously, this was never a good idea to begin with. Like, you, I, we had this conversation for people, you know, that are new to us. We had this conversation over on uh, our SmackDown review. And I told you this back in, like, July when she was actually getting a push. I was like, it's not gonna it's not gonna last it's not gonna last they're not gonna treat her as good as they were treating her then i was like i was like i'm waiting for the downhill because they haven't treated her very good yes she was having good matches with charlotte but she wasn't looking like a baby face during them she was looking like some some little person that charlotte flair could just beat at will if she wanted to she was just playing with her too much and she got a couple of losses like they never made her look good so I think that people got a little too happy about the run that she had in the summer because WWE clearly never invested in her to me. So, yes, it is time to split Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley can be one of the top female stars in the company, and she's still young. So I'm hoping 
that's the direction they're going on because just seeing Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley versus Carmella and Zelina every week in two-minute matches, I'm just so over it. I'm so over it. Those, This match and the, the mixed tag 24-7 title match were the two matches that I was just like, yeah, I'm not invested in this at all. Like, it could be over very, very quickly. And it was, so I can't complain. I I I 100% agree with you in the sense that I'm tired of watching Nikki and Rhea lose quick matches and I'm extremely tired of the we're going to send her on a downward spiral and we're going to make people feel bad for her and and that's what's really going to get the crowd behind her. No it's not. No it's not. What it's going to do is it's not going to make people give a crap because they know when Nikki SH comes out there she's just going to lose. That's all that does is that when you have Nikki constantly lose match after match after match, and in the fashion that she loses these matches to the point where everybody abandons her, you know what the crowd's going to do? The crowd is going to abandon her. She was already, yeah. when, when, when she debuted this character and something she very, very much believes in, still believes in, she wanted to do it. The company said, yeah, let's give it a shot. Since day one, they have not given her the tools to succeed with the character at all. It took weeks, if not months, nope. for them to even get merchandise out there for her. A comic book character gimmick? That is that is money if you play that up right off the merchandising alone. It took three months. This the the mask that I bought to support my girl. That was it was three months. It's three months for those before those were available. Like, you should have started rolling this stuff out before the character was there. That was the writing on the wall right there for me, yeah. that they weren't completely sure that this was going to work. And the second that they were struggling to get this to work, they just abandoned it. And we're like, all right, well, we'll go off and we'll do something else. Now we're going to put her with Nikki or with uh, with uh, Rhea Ripley. And then you cut the whole damn tag team division. And then they literally had nothing to do for months on end and now here we are the only two women's tag teams that you have left in the entire division and you have people clamoring for them to split up because they're tired of what you're booking so the answer for me is no it's not time to split these two up it's time to book them better it is time to book them better because they're I not they're not gonna do that they're not going to do that. Question. So they That's not a question. It's not a damn question. Because these two together could be highly entertaining. As Nikki A.S.H. in this, this almost superhero character could be incredibly entertaining. But they're not doing anything. But they're not entertaining together. Value with her. They're... they're but they're not entertaining together. So that's why it's time to split them up. Like they, This tag team has never worked. Even if you book it right, it just doesn't work. I think it could. I really do. I think <laughs> there's chemistry between these two. When Nikki A.S.H. was first, like, climbing her like she was a damn beanstalk after they were first winning matches and, and shoving her fist up there, I was like, okay, there, there's something. There's some kind of a weird dynamic between these two, almost like a... not. I'm not calling Rhea Ripley Kane, but almost like a Kane hurricane kind of connection where it's like these two are oil and water and it doesn't make any damn sense but it works in the long run i if they would just book them better book them differently have some fun with the nikki sh character there I, I i've been barking up this tree for months now you could do so many different fun things with a superhero character backstage you got freaking hurricane there you could be doing some really fun shit backstage. Instead, for weeks, they had Nikki and Rhea just watching John Morrison meditate. That was their creative angle that they went. There's so many better things they that have they no tag could teams be doing so. And that's the other thing. If you split Nikki and Rhea up, what do you do with Queen Zelina and Carmella? They're going to be in the same boat that Nikki and Rhea were in two months ago or however long that they've been champs now they got no one to defend the titles against my god do they need to invest into this women's tag team division before they do that i'm not ready to split nikki and Rhea up at all at all 
until they invest and get some new teams in this damn division. They had options. They let them all go. You only got, I think, 17 women on the entire main roster right now. That's an issue. You got some reinforcements in NXT. At the very least, bring up Caden and Casey. At the very damn least. Yeah. I, I say don't split them up. Book them better. It's not, I don't think that's too much to ask. I really, really, really don't. Yeah, it is. It is for this company. <laughs> for this company, it is. One tag team that has been already split is AJ Styles and Omos. Uh, we saw the uh, highly anticipated, is that is that the right word to say? AJ Styles versus Omos match uh, tonight. And, and this was a match that, to the untrained eye, you would go, damn, Omos looked really, really good in this match. And that is an entirely credit to AJ Styles because AJ Styles made him look like a million dollars uh, in this match and, and pretty much walked him through this entire match. I think there was one spot uh, in the corner there where Omos was like getting ready to toss him into the corner and, and AJ is like, no, 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 grab my face first. Like, you know, work, you know, do the heel stuff, work me into the corner, yeah. smash my face, do the giant angle. Um, and you saw Omos do it for like two seconds and then he's like, screw it. And then he chucked AJ into the, into the turnbuckle. That's why he did that cool slide and he banged his ribs off the off the side of the turnbuckle. AJ Styles did his best to make Omos look incredibly, incredibly strong. And he basically won in a glorified squash match. AJ Styles just did not have a chance. And I know there are people out there on Twitter who say AJ Styles deserves better and you're not going to get an argument from me. But there was another big man on the show tonight that I thought was very, very impressive. And that was the tree trunk that they're calling him now. The number one guy. I know a lot of people miss big beard, having fun, shaking my belly and screaming the veer catch line of I'm coming. I know there are people that miss that Otis. I like this Otis a lot. I take this Otis way more seriously and way more as a legitimate threat. If this Otis won money in the bank, I'd actually think that he had a chance to win the damn thing. I like what we saw out of Otis tonight. I've loved what we've been seeing out of Otis for weeks now. I think he and Gable work really, really well together. He impressed the hell out of me. But anytime we 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 see Otis, I don't get the sense that he's being prevented as a future main event star. Whereas you have Omos, who is being presented as the next Andre the Giant. So number five, our final question of the evening, who has the higher ceiling in WWE? Is it one man with four letters that starts with O or the other guy with four letters and starts with O? Is it Otis or is it Omos SP3? Uh, In WWE is definitely Omos. It just is because uh, they never have really invested in Otis entire time even you know they did when he won the money in the bank because they were into his whole story that went into wrestlemania wrestlemania 36 against Dolph ziggler with mandy rhodes so then they were invested in this this change i do agree i i feel like he is more of a guy that could make it to the main event scene but your key your the key to your question is who has the higher ceiling in wwe meaning who can reach the highest form of success it's clearly otis i mean it's clearly omas excuse me otis is the is the more skilled of the two he's not as green as uh omas because man that that matchup with aj styles all omas did was stand there he literally just stood there for that whole four minute matchup it was just aj styles making movement around this big man and having a fine a fine match but yeah i feel like omos is one of the guys that giant like they lost big show the undertaker is retired kane is basically retired they need that that new giant they don't really have that in wwe they have, did have they young had giants in like commander aziz yeah and and they had and they had big men that could stand out like a carrying cross a keith lee we, we won't get into Ron that Strowman. as far as these Ron two right here Strowman. oh man 
as far as these two right here, Omos has the higher ceiling. I feel like Omos is a guy that they will put the WWE title on, despite him probably never being that good. I, I don't want to... I don't want to rag on Omos because I do think there is potential there. And obviously he fits that mold that WWE looks for. He is an attraction. He is a very tall superhuman like man. All right. I, I get the appeal there, but he's not ready. He he's still green in the ring. He has looked really, really good at times. I thought, you know, his first match at WrestleMania when he and AJ beat New Day uh, for the tag team championships. I thought he looked incredibly well. That was a, a, a great spot on a big stage for him. They, and to their credit, Kofi and Xavier really, really sold it and made him look like a million dollars that night. But I, I haven't seen a whole lot of improvement yet. He's just still way too green. And him going out on his own this early worries me. Like, I, I could see them billing him as the next Andre the Giant, and he ends up being the Great Khali. And I'm not talking about the Great Khali that won the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm talking about the Punjabi Playboy. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about them turning him into a comedy character. I'm talking Braun Strowman back when he was a rosebud. Like that's no, what- no, they they will they will give him his Great Khali 2006 push. <laughs> They will. Before they, they make him into a comedy act, they will get a title run out of him. Because people people just like to put the spotlight on the Punjabi Playboy, period. When when Greg Gali came into the company, his first win is over The Undertaker. And then yeah. a year later, he's in the he's the world champion, beating Batista and Rey Mysterio. Like people need to stop acting like the majority of his run was the Bujami Playboy. It was a lot of years, but that first when they when they first got him, they pushed him hard, and I think they're gonna do the same for Omos, despite him being very green. And and but that's what I'm saying is because he's so green, I'm afraid they're gonna push him too fast too soon, and then. He, he's not going to succeed. And that's why that that's what I'm nervous with because he did not have a good match on raw. And I, I, I'm, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm not saying he's useless. I'm not saying he's, you know, a, a failure by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying he's still green. He needs work. He needs more reps. And I think putting him on his own too fast, too soon could be detrimental to his career. But I think WWE, they are desperate for that big guy because they got rid of all the other ones. Yep. <laughs> so again, this is their own doing. This is their own doing now. Self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what WWE has done. To answer the question, the way that it's been phrased, yes, it's it's clearly Omos. Because he will get that world title reign at one point. I don't know if Otis will do that. I don't know if they will ever put a world championship on Otis. But as far as maybe... If the question was more who will have a longer and more successful career over a long stretch, I think Otis has Otis. the, I think Otis for sure has the longevity there because he can wrestle. He can move for a big guy. He's very, very, I mean, he has literally squashed uh, Matt Riddle, who is no slouch whatsoever. Matt Riddle has some big wins in his career. He has squashed that man several times. Literally, Randy Orton made him look like a million dollars a couple weeks ago. This is a guy who, in this current role, is very, very believable, is a threat to almost anybody on the roster. And at the same time, we've also seen that he has that babyface side, that he can get over with the audience, that he can be a comedic character. This man has has levels. This man is an onion. He has layers. He can do pretty much anything that you ask him to do. So if the question's altered to say who has more longevity with this company and could be successful oh, over more time, yeah, Otis. Who do I think will be a world champion? Omas. But again, that's I'm stealing your line here. I'm putting my Vince hat on that one because they are going to give every opportunity for Omos. They're going to give, oh, I guarantee you, they will give Omas five, six, seven, eight, nine chances. Before they give Otis a shot. Yeah. Guaranteed yeah. on that one. I do want to bring up one thing. Uh, I meant to bring her up at the top of the show, but WWE did announce 
They announced that Alexa Bliss will be coming back. That should be coming back to Monday Night Raw. I know she was drafted to Raw. Uh, I'll, I'll start by saying I'm very, very thrilled that Alexa Bliss is coming back. I am very less thrilled at how they're going about doing it. Just announcing that she's going to be back. And there's going to be. They some- didn't announce she's going to be back. They said the journey back begins next week. If it's a series of vignettes, yeah, you you acting like you're like like the Triple H Beautiful Day vignettes were horrible, even though we knew Triple H was coming back. You act like no point someone's coming. I'm sorry, I love the type of person that I would be like, oh my god, she's back! If they did a surprise return, she is. That's the type of person you do vignettes to lead up to their return. You don't do the surprise return because no one's going to pop or it's not going to be a memorable moment or anything like that. So there's no reason to make her a surprise return. I didn't say a surprise return. I just don't like the fact that they just are flat out saying, hey, here's Alexa Bliss on a, on a shiny new platter. Is she going to be, you know, crazy spiritual Alexa Bliss? Or are we going to get, uh, you know, Lily and all that? Or is she coming back? This and the other thing. Hey, you're going to have to tune in to find out. I don't like them handing it on a silver platter. And mostly because I don't like the fact that she's coming back to Raw. I know you drafted her to Raw. I would have called an audible because she's needed more on SmackDown, especially since Tony Storm left. She is needed more on SmackDown, and it makes more sense for her to go to SmackDown because Charlotte Flair is right there, who literally murdered her best friend and most important thing on the planet to her. You could sit here and say that 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 character, that gimmick was crap. You weren't a fan of Lily. Lily was over, and that doll was selling insanely well on WWEshop.com. The Alexa Bliss spooky character was working. It was working. It was successful. It was over with a lot of the the casuals and a lot of people in the audience. They loved babyface, spooky Alexa Bliss, and Lily was getting over before Charlotte Flair tore her into a million pieces. And now we're just going to have Alexa Bliss come back on Raw and just kind of brush under the bus, which makes me think she's not going to be that version of Alexa Bliss. She's going to be some kind of new version of Alexa Bliss. I would not have done that way. I would not have gone that direction personally. I would have had her stalk Charlotte Flair because that's my question is who the hell is Charlotte Flair facing at WrestleMania? Sasha Banks. Like, that's easy. That's e- There's a reason why they haven't gone back to that match. They've literally teased that match since Charlotte got drafted to SmackDown, and they haven't done that match. It's obvious that's the WrestleMania match. Like, Becky is the mystery here. Becky is the mystery on who she's versing at WrestleMania. I don't think there's any mystery with Charlotte Flair. I think that maybe they can do, like, Naomi in the in-between pay-per-views and, like, use that, use her getting the shot to, you know, further her feud with Sonya Deville. I could see something like that. But I pretty sure that the reason why they haven't gone back to a Sasha Banks, uh, Charlotte Flair matchup is because that's going to be at WrestleMania. Okay. That's fair. Totally overlooked Sasha Banks. That's my fault. Still though, who's she going to fight at the Royal rumble? Who's she going to fight in Saudi Arabia or whatever the hell? Naomi. Okay. Maybe. Zia Lee. I, I think it makes more sense. Okay, so we're going to put Zia Lee on there and then just have Charlotte Flair beat her, and then, okay, the mystique around Zia Lee is gone, and that's that's another... Yeah, no, that's not the way I'm going. I'm not even saying that Alexa Bliss needs to go over on Charlotte. I'm just saying you left that open-ended, and now you're not going to close the door. It's just another thing. I would have had her stalk Charlotte Flair, drive Charlotte Flair nuts until she called out Alexa Bliss and said, meet me at the Rumble or meet me at whatever pay-per-view. And then you could have the blow off to that and then do whatever the hell you want with Alexa afterwards. That's how I would have brought her back to do closure with the Lily story. But I think they're just going to forget all that and go in a completely different direction. I could be wrong, but if they, if, if Lily just magically returns and it's still spooky, Alexa bliss and all of her journey back and you're not going with Charlotte as her first feud back doesn't make any damn sense to me whatsoever. Uh, this is a big week. Uh, for professional wrestling uh, tomorrow night, NXT, or I guess if you're listening to this today, tonight, NXT, New Year's Evil, we got some big title matches real quick. Quick prediction. Is it Braun Breaker's time? Braun Breaker becomes the NXT champion at New Year's Evil. Does Mandy Rose hang on to her championship? Yeah, because they love titties. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't think I can disagree with anything you just said. <laughs> Regardless of what happens, we will be back to break it all down right here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. We appreciate you guys sticking around with us. Tomorrow, 7 a.m., we'll be back breaking down everything that happens on New Year's Evil, and then we'll be back breaking down everything that happens on AEW this week. We'll be back breaking down SmackDown. A lot of wrestling this week. A lot of wrestling. Oh, yeah. Learn to love it. That's why we're here. We're here to break it all down for you. So even if you can't watch it, you can listen and watch us. We'll tell you the important stuff that's going on. For SP3, I'm Rick Uccino. We appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.